This is the Gary V Audio Experience. Cause we're gonna be legends. Hey guys, um, so thanks for having me, class. Uh, a couple things that are running through my mind that I want to start with. First of all, I think when you start talking about digital and social, it's super important to understand that um, it's really about attention, right? It's not necessarily digital or social. I'm not overly romantic or passionate about Facebook or Instagram or Skype or um, YouTube. Uh, To me, it's just where do I think the attention is and where do I think that it's overpriced and where do I think that it's underpriced? And my fascination with digital and social is a lot of it is underpriced, but to be very frank, a lot of it is overpriced. What what the marketer and other people have to deal with in big companies is they have to measure things and put them into you know data and reports. And what I have the luxury of is to trade on intuition and um, and other cultural variables that give me my decisions. Plus, I'm running a marathon while a lot of people are running a sprint. What what I mean by that class is I don't have to pander to the short-term profit margins that big companies and small companies have to um, because I'm not incentivized by dollars in the short-term, I'm looking for the long-term. And so what does that all mean? It means that I've been very passionate about being historically correct, whether that was email or search or YouTube or Twitter or Facebook or podcasting or you know whatever it may be. And so for me it's very binary, very black and white. What's a good use of my time and money and what is not? And as we sit in this room today, um, there are certain things that over-index and certain things that under-index. So for example, digital. I could love digital, but I know none of you are watching uh, the majority of pre-rolls that you get targeted by. None of you are, are clicking on banner ads. None of you are carefully reading emails. None of you want spam texts in your text. Uh, you're not excited about the the ads that are being read to you broken up when you're listening to Pandora. Um, you definitely don't like a mid-roll ad. You're watching a YouTube vlog and all of a sudden there's a car ad in the middle of the show. It's like super like shocking and makes no sense. So there's a ton of terrible digital. Um, at the same token, I think everybody's going through their feeds on Facebook and, and uh, Instagram and uh, and that they are grossly underpriced for now. I think a lot of you will start to tune out feeds in a decade, but for now it's super underpriced. Um, And that's because the biggest brands in the world don't spend enough money in these channels. Pepsi or Toyota or BMW or GE, I just don't think they spend enough in Facebook and Instagram. And you have to understand this, unlike other digital product properties like Vice or Refinery29 where there's a a basement of cost, uh, there is none of that in Facebook, Instagram, and Snapchat because they're marketplaces, right? So if you go to a publisher like Turner or CBS or BuzzFeed, there's a, there's a minimum threshold before they'll work with you um, because they're running a smart business. But on Facebook, all of us can write, run $7 worth of ads on there right now. We can all run $7 worth of ads on there right now. And I think that's a very big deal. Very important to understand because when you understand the market, the aspects of a market, uh, and what a true marketplace is, it leads to overpriced and underpriced variables. There's good and bad deals. And so the things I'm spending my time on right now are Snapchat's being left for dead, yet the ad product is really underpriced for people under 30 in America. Uh, If you're 40 to 70 on Facebook, 
You're a very good target for ads, very inexpensive in my opinion. Um, you know, Instagram's incredible for culture, 18 to 35, very underpriced. The ad product, the influencers on Instagram are unbelievably underpriced uh, for 18 to 35, 18 to 45 on the coasts, 18 to 35, 15 to 35 in the middle. Um, so I'm just completely uh, passionate that digital, if you want to call it, is the right answer for a lot of you in this room to do marketing and build businesses on. I'm just worried that 80% of the digital can be spent on garbage. And so I think the landmine that you guys need to be thinking about, the landmine that you guys need to be thinking about is, is it a good deal or a bad deal? And that's what I would spend all my time on as a marketer and as an executor in this environment. And I think there's a big disconnect between the best and the worst. And I think the best comes from entrepreneurs that are you know, stuck and ha- good entrepreneurs, because a lot of entrepreneurs are terrible at marketing, but good entrepreneurs that are stuck and need every penny to work hard. And I think the worst are the biggest brands in the world that have tons of flush money and are just mailing it in and putting a lot of money in bad places. So that is my thesis class. Uh, Linda, I'd love to answer some questions. Creative as well as making sure we're them at where they're most receptive, which is why we're investing in merch. But you mentioned some of the limitations, right? I also work for a boss that looked at the epic film, right? So we've talked here about what trade-offs between long-form and short-form content? Yep, so class, long-form, short-form, it's a very big debate and it makes a lot of sense to Lynn and I, we're in it every day, but let me get to the punchline. There are shitty six-second vines and I would watch a seven-hour Star Wars film if because it's Star Wars. I would say that the length is far less a variable than people make it out to be because we need to talk more about the quality, we need to talk more about the quality of the content in the context of the platform. So in an ideal world, um, you know, we would make incredible content that's a minute, a minute's a great context, right? You know, great little slide, but I don't, I love three minute videos if they keep your attention. I love six second videos if it could get the point across. It's a variable but it's been very overstated in debating the length. To me, it's the co- to me, it's the context of the content to the audience that it's targeting. This is a pretty gangster move. The uh, the Skype started not working, so I'm just gonna sneak in a quick tweet promotion of the new episode of Daily V. Oh, that's better. Yeah, okay, so ready? Yep. So here's the class again, you can see everybody. All right, so the I'm in advance to think of questions for you. Um, so we're gonna see who has a question. Hi, what's going on? Big Hot Ones fans, Gary Vee, thank you. Thank you. Uh, my name's Parker, this is Ryan. I'm Rock, how are you? So I wanted to ask you specifically about transparency in yes. terms of digital marketing. So on platforms like uh, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, uh, do you think going forward that transparency is the most important thing just so that the advertisements that they're putting up there can function as they're supposed to? So uh, let, also, also going along with that, just wanted to say cleanest bones and hot ones. Yes, yes. Really yeah. Cleanest bones. I love it. Uh, uh, thank you for that. Literally being known as cleanest bones by you two is greater than being on the cover of Entrepreneur Magazine, so thank you, bros. Um, so let's define transparency because people throw it around in a lot of ways. How do you define, tra- what, what do you, what's the rub? What do you think the rub is? What are you focused on? 
Right, right. So uh, for Facebook, I know it's really important recently. They announced that they're going to start announcing whether the ad is from a Russian source um, or on YouTube. I know there was a big scandal back in like early 2010, 2011, uh, when uh, Microsoft was paying YouTubers, but they weren't announcing that. Oh, I see. Yeah, I mean, look, Uh, look, I think I think that on the surface, everybody in this class is going to be like, yay, transparency, right? I think in real life, everybody in this classroom would be devastated on how much they don't give a shit about transparency. Like, like it's, humans are very funny, right? We, we talk about things, let me give you an example. Everybody loves to talk about the environment in this class. Everybody in this class right now, when I talk about oil companies, would be like, boo, right? <laughs> the sweater that you're wearing right now, bro, which, yeah. is, which is super fashionable, good job. You know how many- Died to make this sweater. <laughs> it's not even that. You want to hear something pretty interesting? Sure. That company is doing a ton worse to the environment. Textiles is destroying our environment. Oh, I believe it. Do you think? Do you think everybody in this room wants to give up their Yeezys and their Supremes? <laughs> so I let me tell you what I think. I think that ninety percent of the stuff we talk about doesn't match our actions, right? So I, don't, I think transparency is super important for upside, not downside. I think what it's, what, what's good for you to put hashtag ad is it gets the benefit. I think that nobody, you had to do real fucking research to figure out the Microsoft YouTube thing that nobody gives a shit about. Thank you so much. You got it. All right, let's go to the next row. Let's do it. Hi, hi Gary. Hey guys. Hi, we actually share a birthday, I'm a huge fan. Thank you. Um, so question, I know you're a huge Knicks fan, and so the NBA this year, they introduced the sponsors on the jersey. And so I myself am a big NBA fan, and I'm also a huge cycling fan. And so cycling teams are born and die due to sponsors they're named after and everything. Yep. So do you think that, obviously, like the big four speaks to sponsors, but do you think this is a trend that we're going to see continue, whether it be jer- sponsors on the jersey or sponsors on helmets or sponsors? Yes. You do? Yep. And where do you where do you think it's gonna go? How far do you think it's gonna go to the point where it's like? I think only- I think the NBA jersey in 16 years could look like a soccer jersey. Interesting. I think yeah. I, I think I think it's gonna be a, a game of some sports will go with the the Walmart model and some sports will go with the kind of Cartier model, right? Like I could see the NFL doing one logo like the NBA right now. Uh, and I can see the NBA going with six logos and baseball being two and hockey being one and East, you know. Right. And then we also have to figure out in 20 years, you know, esports and MMA and things of like that, you know, the big four. I mean, hockey's not a big four, right? No, not, not anymore. You know, and so, and so, and how does it play out? Like baseball took all the short-term money by creating BAM. None of you can find a YouTube video or Instagram about baseball. That's gonna play out in 20 years, right? And, right. and has football hit its apex because of politics and concussions? So, you know, fuck, the big four might be esports, you know, soccer, uh, MMA, and, you know, and basketball, and like, then this conversation goes into a whole different place because the other three have fresh slates and it was really only about the NBA, which is ironically, weirdly, intriguingly, the one right. that's starting with it, right? Exactly, yeah. Perfect, thank you so much. You got it. All right, next row, anyone? I'll just say hello. Hi. Hi. Oh, you have a question? Okay. Hi, Gary. Hi. Hi, Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Um, so most of us 
in this class are studying marketing as our um, degree, so we're in we're doing a lot of interviews for internships. So, do you have any tips for interviewing? Uh, for the interview itself? Yes, like through for a marketing position. Uh, I would tell you the number one thing you should do is be disproportionately honest. Okay. I think the biggest mistake that people make in interviews is they play a part. Like none of you, and I mean none of you, are actually gonna act normal in any of these interviews. <laughs> I, and let me tell you why. I'd rather you not get any jobs, right? Mm-hmm. Than to have to keep up that facade inside that place. That makes sense. It's kind of like die by your sword, right? Like be you. Yeah. Like be you and be like, I don't understand. Like, like, look, and I'm giving you advice that I've taken I've been front row seat to this. A, a lot more people are comfortable with the things I'm saying today than they were six years ago, right? And a hell of a lot more are gonna be comfortable in six years, right? Mm-hmm. So when you're in these interviews, when people start asking you questions, I don't know, I don't care, or I think that's ridiculous, are answers none of the three, none of you guys are gonna say, and I think they're the actual right answers that can start your career off in an incredible way. Okay. And by the way, by the way, real quick, Mm -hmm. I I don't expect any of you to take this advice because it's too scary. (laughs) But I really hope I can inspire one of you to do it because it's exactly how you get a job at VaynerMedia, which would be a much better place to get a job than any other agency in this city. And I agree with it. I hire for authenticity. I don't want somebody playing a role that somebody's gonna bring a diverse perspective to my team. And that's exactly right, guys. Like, you may get lucky and get somebody who, is like, like, why am I doing this? I get asked by all my clients to do it. It's because she's an outlier, right? For the right reasons. And so you could go into a where she is or you can come to an entrepreneurial place where, like I am. But like, but it's just, you just wanna die on your sword, right? Like do not, you're gonna give them answers that you think they want to hear. So when they bring up something that you don't believe in but you learned it in this class, you're gonna answer with the class notes and that's a mistake. You need to go with what you believe. Now you may not know. You, you yeah. don't just blindly believe that Snapchat's awesome, but like if you believe something, you have to die on that sword. Are you saying they don't believe everything I teach them? Come on, Gary. I definitely believe that to be the case. And I also, and what I think is more interesting is I have all the advantages because of Hot Ones and Instagram and all the things I'm having and they don't believe everything I'm saying either and that's the point, right? Let them like, they should die on their sword. Not if, I, if I've got a moment in time right now where I'm cool and then blindly parrot what I say. They need to, you know what I mean? Or they respect the system or your history. Like they just need to form their own opinions and answer on those opinions. Hi, Gary. Hi. I'm Josie. Thanks for chatting with us. Um, I wanted to know, you're really great at forecasting kind of what the next big big thing is in in the marketing world, Um, and you express augmented reality to be one of those things. So I was just wondering if you see any current leaders right now in in augmented reality and what we can learn from. it's, it's, it's a Facebook and Snapchat world when it comes to AR, right? The only thing I see that's interesting in AR is the way that they're playing with filters and kind of those kind of things. Like, you know, the fact of the matter is everybody in this room is gonna really like when AR is really good. You know, like, like imagine you literally can take 35 minutes because software is that good to, to post an Instagram post of you dancing with your sixth grade boyfriend 
because you literally took a photo of him, were able to like manipulate it. Like the level of creativity that AR is gonna allow us is gonna be so remarkable. But the leaders are Facebook and Snapchat because of what they've been buying up, the startups they've been buying up. Um, and then you gotta look at Apple and Google because they own the phones, right? Right. And so if they make it default when we take a photo, well that's an interesting arbitrage, right? So you don't need an app, it's just part of the phone. So I think it's gonna happen in mobile. I think long term it's gonna happen in contact lenses. I think you, especially how young you are, will live a life where your brain will control your contact lens. In essence, your brain will control your new eye and you will switch from real life, augmented reality, uh, and to virtual reality. A mixed reality world where you can have the choice. You know, like how awesome would it be in this class a little bit boring for you to switch something and, and what you're actually doing is living in a virtual reality world. And so I think that's cool. Right. I hope contacts don't get banned because I actually need them, so <laughs> thank you. I don't think they're gonna right. get banned. I think, I mean, I think, you wanna talk about r- radical transparency? I'm so happy for you and all the other women in this class that in seven years we're gonna know that you might be live streaming right now through your contact lenses. Right? I Watch a, out. <laughs> I, I, I mean it. I have a funny feeling that's going to have one of the great impacts on our society. Thank you. Any last questions? Yeah. <laughs> Hi, Leo again. Um, so, quick question. In your opinion, what's more valuable? Interning with, say, a startup who's just getting going or someone who, even a startup that's grown a little bit more than, say, some of the other ones? or starting your own startup and starting your own company even if it's bound to fail? Uh, 100% predicated on the person's ability to be self-aware and understand who they are. If you're an entrepreneur, start a company and fail. If, okay. if you're not, the first one. Okay, perfect. Okay. Uh, one more quick hot ones question because I can't <laughs> How hot was the last step? Was that the third to last one or the last one? Last one. Last one. Last one. Not even remotely close to as hot as the third to last. The, the one that... The bomb, the bomb, the Yeah. That's what everyone says. I tried it recently, my brain melted. It is hot. It's the back of the throat. You know, they go by that scoring system, right? Yeah, yeah, the scores. And as somebody who grew up in the wine business where, you know, a wine could get 95 points, 92 points, I promise you that they misrated those last three wings. Wow, what's the best one out of the, out of the 10? There was, I loved seven, the one right before the insanity. One, oh, the, so, eight, the oh, eighth so one. Yeah, yeah. And the Scott's Bonnet one I've heard is really good too. Dude, you guys need to really question how hardcore you are about hot ones. Oh, well, <laughs> I'm just kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I've wasted so much time. I analyzed your video for this yeah. class too. I appreciate it. Thank you guys. Oh yeah, thank you so Apparently much. I need to watch this. Oh, it's really good, Linda. You're gonna like it. It's the smartest talk show available right okay. now. Okay, all right, one last question back on topic. Yes. So we talked a lot in this class about the importance of social influencers. Yes. Give brands credibility, reach, amplification. And I think Vayner has a really unique point of view on how to leverage them. So can you talk a little bit about that? Yep. So class, um, I think it's one of, so I think about inefficiencies. Facebook's inefficient because Pepsi, Diageo, BMW should be spending more there, which means it's cheaper, got it? Very simple. Humans are the most inefficient thing in the world. So 
Influencers are super interesting to me. For example, some people think they should get $5,000 a post because they bought a ton of fucking fans on Instagram, right? Ludicrous. Meanwhile, on the flip side, an alpha mom, right? In the, in the high, in, a, a woman in Short Hills, New Jersey, that is the alpha mom that affects 400 other women of high income around products and services may want $100 for a post on Instagram and it's worth 10,000, 50,000, got it? So we at Vayner treat it like media. Like, so for example, if I was, if I was who's becoming culturally irrelevant, I would buy 78,000 people on Instagram, not three personalities. I don't think about influencers like endorsements, right? Or spokespeople. I think about influencers as in buying media, right? Scale and buy 78,000 people inefficiently. I think it's an incredible opportunity, especially for the people in here that are starting startups. You can hit real pay dirt with influencers. Sorry, so just, just to clarify, so it's more about contextualization within the field rather than like cachet. You'd rather have like a, a person that has like a blog that Both. reaches a thousand people. Nope, people no, no, no. I would love Kim Kardashian if she's willing to be underpriced and she fits my brand. Fair. Got it? Okay. So I'll, I'll, I think there's cachet in both, right? Again, the number one PTA mom in St. Louis is the number one fucking PTA mom to those 700 people. <laughs> so I think the cachet is contextualized, right? Like for example, you guys, like the thought that a 42 year old businessman would have been cool to people in their 20s five years ago is laughable, right? but I have figured out how to contextualize myself to make myself relevant to you guys, right? While that wasn't me manipulating it, it was riding the wave of entrepreneurship being put on a pedestal. And then I got lucky because I, was, I grew up in an environment that was a little bit more urban, I was a shitty student, I had some level of swag that made it authentic for me to go on Hot Ones and be able to talk about Post Malone or Cardi B or Lil Xan, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and I think it goes back to what you said at the beginning around getting the right value for your money, right? That's some it. Are overvalued, some are undervalued, but depending on your business objectives, what your brand is trying to do, and making sure you get the right reach within the right context. To that point, class, I think the Super Bowl is the number one deal in marketing. Right? That's not digital. That's a TV commercial that I like to shit on all the time, but I think it's the best deal because everybody sees it whether you see it on YouTube or you watch it. All of you at your young youth will watch the Super Bowl ads. Forget about you being in marketing class. Four years ago, six years ago when you were in high school and junior high, you still saw the Super Bowl ads. That's incredible penetration and awareness. Can I ask you a question about that then? Yep. So, has been telling us that she is not gonna be running an ad and since you guys run her company, what do you think about that then? You know, I, I think that they should run Super Bowl, right? But we don't, we don't plan their media, we do their creative, and so that is against my strategy. Now, just so you guys know, for all the coolness that's going on in my life, I don't think I'm right about everything, but I really, really, really do believe I'm very passionate about our strategy on Super Bowl. Thank you. Awesome, thank you so much for your time today. We really appreciate it. Thanks, Adam, I love you. Take awesome. care. Bye, class. He's the coolest.
They gon' try to freeze you. Hey guys, I hope you really enjoyed this episode of the Gary V Experience. Now go out and share this, pass it on, let me know what you thought.